0: All right, Numbers chapter 6, and we'll read a few verses here, and and then we'll we'll back up and talk a little bit. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons to bless the people of Israel with this special blessing. Everybody say special blessing. That sounds good to me. This isn't your average deal. This isn't isn't just like, you know, whatever comes to mind. It's a special blessing. If, If God says it's special, I want it. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. And whenever Aaron and his sons bless the people of Israel in my name, I myself will bless them. Can you place your hands on your Bible for a moment? on your Bible app, whatever you're reading on. uh, Point your hand towards the screen if you're reading on the screens, and let's pray. Father, I thank you for your presence that's here today. Lord, I believe that you want to do great things with us today. You want to speak to us. You want to speak over us. You want to declare things into our lives. Lord, I pray that you'd open our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to hear from you and to be challenged by the power of your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. When I was in D.C. At, at the pastor's conference portion of my trip, I heard uh, a pastor speak on a subject, and it intrigued me, uh, and I won't go into the whole thing, but I'll give you a quick synopsis really quickly. Uh, he talked about six diseases of the soul, uh, diseases m- meaning like things that break down your soul and take away the ease of your life, uh, six uh, sicknesses of your soul, if you will. And, and he was explaining to us that uh, most other soul, mind, body, uh, not body, but mind and, and heart issues can be related down to one of these six, that, that scientists have broken them down into these. Now, some might call them by different names, others have combined a couple of these, uh, a few separated a couple of them. But for the most part, this is in general, the six. And, and uh, they're very important. And, and as I was reading these, I wrote them down. I figured I'll go back and study them later. And, uh, but here they are. The first one is despair. Despair is the lack of hope, um, the lack of courage. You, you, you're just at the point of, of giving up hope and just resigning to live life the way it is. Despair. The second one is fear. I think we all know what fear is. Fear is, is something that can, can freeze you, uh, can cause you to, get, uh, to not live life to the fullest, can cause you to not do things that you really want to do uh, because you're, you're frozen by fear. Number three is inferiority. Inferiority. Infor- inferiority means that you feel inferior to the people around you. Like they're smarter than you, they're better than you, uh, you don't matter, you have a loss of significance a lack of significance in your life, and, and so you're, you're feeling inferior. That's number three. Number four is guilt or shame. This is re- in relation to what you've done. Maybe you've made mistakes. Maybe you did this or did that. Maybe you, uh, you, you know, whatever the case may be, and you're feeling guilt or shame because of what you said or what you did. Nod your head if you're with me this morning. I'm just laying a foundation here. And number five is resentment. Now, resentment is what comes uh, it, from what others have done to you because they did this to you or they, they did that, said that about you or whatever it might have been. You build up resentment, and this is one of the core uh, diseases of our lives, of our soul. And number six is anxiety. Anx- anxiety. This is stress. This is worry. It could be about anything, just stress and worry in your life. Stress and worry about finances, stress and worry about your kids, stress and worry about your health, stress and worry about your job, stress and worry about the economy is crashing, stress and worry about, you know, ISIS is going to attack your house. Stress and worry, it could be. Uh, So anxiety is number six. These are the diseases of the soul. And, and so they, they're, they're, what he was explaining to us was that most all of the other issues in your life, emotional, heart issues, mind issues, can be related back to one of these six things. Are you with me this morning? And so this week I was just meditating on this, and uh, I was just reading and, and studying, and, and I've been wanting to preach this message and as I, that I'm going to share with you today. And as I was reading it and getting ready for my sermon these six came back to me, and I saw in Scripture God's solution for these six soul diseases. Would you like to know them? Because How many of you know that the, the core of humanity hasn't really changed in the last several thousand years? God made us and, and we were made in his image. And as we've gone through the, the specifics of things, the culture has changed, but the core of, our, of us has not changed. And so if these six are, the, are here now, it was going to be the same ones uh, thousands of years ago. Are you, are you with me? You're me, like, I'm not sure about that, Pastor the, the The way it looks in our life changes because of technology, because society has advanced Um, because of inventions and just the way we go about living our lives, but the core things, what's going on in our soul, have not changed. And so I believe that in Numbers chapter 6, God gave us the solution when he was speaking to Moses, when he was giving them laws and he was giving them understanding of how to live. He stopped and he said, let me address some things going on inside of you. It's fascinating in the book of Numbers uh, where God inserts this this blessing, because he's been dealing with. Uh, he he talked about taking a census, the, thus the book of Numbers, right? He he talked about uh, you know how to the regulations for how to keep a clean camp. He talked about uh, the Nazarite vow and how these men were supposed to live, and then suddenly, in the midst of all these laws and directions, God inserts a blessing. What does that say to us? Apparently, God is not just about directions and laws, but he is about blessing and he is about presence. Now, you guys didn't wake up this morning. (laughs) Clearly, I'm I'm trying to pull on you a little bit. Uh, Pastor Chris was trying to pull on you a little bit. I want you to nudge your neighbor and say, wake up a minute because that's good right there. Thank you. Here's the thing. We can can get caught up in confusion that God is all about don't do this and don't do that and do it this way and don't do it that way. And listen, He is about those things. He has entire books of the Bible devoted to those things. But He's also about blessings and about getting His presence in your life. So He's not all about telling you what you did wrong. He's about engaging in your life. And, And if we get... so many people, especially in today's society, we don't want to be told what we're doing wrong, so we reject God because we think that the moment you go to church, you're going to get told you're doing this wrong and you're doing that wrong and you're doing this wrong and, and you need to get right so that you can come to God. And that's not the way God works. God says I just want to be involved in your life. I just want to bless you. I just want to have my presence come to me just as you are. We'll work out the other stuff. And as you're around me, we'll help fix the things in your life. And as you learn and study the Word of God. I'll give you the desire to change, the grace to do the will of God. But we have to move beyond, well, he's just a list of laws and regulations, and thus I'm rejecting God and all of Christianity. He's about presence, and he's about blessings. He says, I want to give you this special blessing. Normally, when, when God asks the priest, or when God asks men to bless others, to bless the people of God. He didn't give them specific verbiage. But on this occasion, because it was a special blessing, God said, I want you to take this down and I want you to say it exactly this way. As a matter of fact, when they would speak this blessing, most of the time they did a couple of interesting things. Um, they, would, they would chant or sing the blessing Um, I remember some of when, when I was a, when I was a a much younger guy, I was involved. We used to do Easter productions all the time. How many of you remember Easter productions at Triumph Church? A few of you. Okay. A lot of you. And, and so we would have the, the wedding at Cana, and right off the bat, and I would be this guy that was carrying like a canopy over the wedding couple. My friend Derek Freeman was always the guy getting married. And we would walk down, and, and one of our pastors would sing, May the Lord bless you and keep you. And they would make his, his microphone boom really loud. And one of our elders, Willie Jackson, was the master of the ceremonies with the wine. But you have saved the best wine till now. Oh yeah, that's good stuff right there. Went too far back. Too far. Okay, too far back. I'm sorry. But they would sing this blessing over the people of God. And what would happen was the people couldn't even look at the priest while he was saying this because as he would stand on the outside of the of the tent, He would raise his hands and he would make this kind of funny shape right here, which actually was a a Hebrew symbol, a language, I mean a a, a letter, and he would make this symbol. And the Bible tells us that there was so much power released when this prayer happened, when this blessing happened, that a light would glow so brightly uh, through the priest's hands, shining on the people that they couldn't even look. That's how much power was in this blessing. God said, I want you to say it exactly this way. I don't want you to mess it up. I don't want you to forget a piece of it. I want you to say it exactly like this. In this uh, blessing, the word Lord is used three times. And they're going to put it on the screen for me and and I'll show it to you. Watch right here. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord smile upon you. May the Lord show you his favor. What we see here in this blessing is three separate parts. As you back up and you, and you look at it through the lens of what has, God has done, in this moment it was a prophetic thing, but now we look backwards and we see the work of God. We see the first portion is the work of God the Father. The second portion is the work of God the Son, Jesus. And the third portion is the work of God the Holy Spirit. And so when we pray this blessing now as believers in Christ, there's even more understanding of what's going on. The second thing I want you to notice is this, and if they'll put the next slide up for me, there are three lords, but there are six U's. First thing about these U's is they were not plural, they were singular. Meaning, God wasn't saying this over a group of people, he was saying it over individuals. So when you, when you receive this blessing, you're not just saying, well, as a, as a part of, of Triumph, as a part of the crowd today, God's going to bless somebody in this room with this blessing. No, no, no. God is speaking it over you. Six yous here. And, and when I saw this, it jumped out at me. And, and, and again, we're talking. I, I told you about the six diseases of the soul. Six yous here, six specific things that God wanted to speak into your soul. Here they are. Number one. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord bless you. This is the, the first statement. It, it seems just like an opening line, but God wanted to get some things straight right up. And, and this, this first part of the blessing addresses the issue of despair. Remember what despair was? The, the loss of hope, lack of hope, lack of courage. But here's what God said. You think you have no hope, but I have chosen to bless you. May the Lord bless you. We've got to get this through our mind. When we lose hope, we can look around, even as believers, and we say, well, look, you know, God did that for them, but he's never going to do that for me. God loves the pastor, but he doesn't love me. God answered the prayer of, of the nursery leader, but he's not answering my prayers. God showed up for them, but he never shows up for me, so I'm giving up. And here's what God wanted to get straight right off. I want to bless you. I'm not like thinking about it. I, I, I am planning to bless you. Remember, this was individual. This was not for your neighbor. This is for you. We have to get it through our minds that God is not mad at me. He wants to bless me. God's not upset with me. He's not trying to punish me. Jesus already paid the price for that. He wants to bless me. And so when, when hope is down, here's what God said. Understand that I want to bless you. Remember, this is the role of God the Father. Think about your kids. You want to bless your kids. You want to do good things for them. You want to buy them Christmas presents. You want to give them a hug. You want to say how much you love them. You want to say how proud you are of them. And this is what God is saying. I am looking down on you, not because of what you've done, but I am looking down on you and saying, I want to bless you. So when you're down on hope, Know this, for I know the plans, the thoughts I have towards you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That's God the Father speaking to you. I don't know if your hope is down today, but may I say this, may the Lord bless you. Number two, and protect you. So may the Lord bless you and may the Lord protect you. His protection addresses the issue of fear. I, I don't have to be afraid. Why? Because God is my protection. I, I heard someone, uh, Bishop Joseph Garlington, is one of my favorite preachers of all time, and he tells this story. You may have heard him tell it. He says he said. Uh, You know, people used to ask with all the the planes that are crashing as much as you fly every week all over the country, all over the world, are you ever afraid that your plane is going down? He said, I'm never afraid that my plane is going down. I lay back and go right to sleep. Well, how can you do that? Aren't you nervous? Aren't you anxious? Aren't you worried? And, and he said, not at all. I'm not fearful at all because I have unprophetic words, I mean, uh, prophetic words unfulfilled on my life. And so God has to protect me because his word cannot come back void in my life. And so I don't live in fear. I live under the protection of God. Fear wants to paralyze you. Fear says, no, you can't go do that. No, you can't reach out. Fear says, uh, you you can't do that on your own. You can't make it there. You can't start that business. You can't do this. Fear of the unknown. Fear of people. uh, Fear of failure. And God says, I don't want you to be that way. I am watching over you. Look what the Bible says in Psalm 121. Psalm 121. We'll just read the whole thing. This is a song for the pilgrims as they were ascending up the steps into Jerusalem. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? No, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he watches over Israel and he never slumbers and he never sleeps. This is what you got to understand about God. You don't have to fear because he's never going to fall asleep on the job of watching over you. The Lord himself watches over you. I want you to get this. He didn't just send a few uh, lowly angels to watch over your life. Here's what the psalmist said. Here's what the word of God says. That the Lord himself is watching over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. But the Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and as you go, both now and forever. So when God says, I, I want to bless you, but not just that, I want to protect you. This is a father watching over his children. Wherever they go, I'm going to go with you. You're going out. You're going on this journey. I'm going with you. I'm going to walk with you. You don't have to walk in fear. If you're walking, if you're dealing with fear and it's paralyzing you in any area of your life today, I want to speak this word over you that God wants to protect you. You don't have to be afraid. You know, we, we don't always admit it to people. We don't always declare, oh, I'm afraid, so I don't want to do that, especially as men. But I want to encourage you. That God is watching over you. Paul said it like this. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. He's protecting you. He has your best interest at heart. Are you okay out there? All right. Number three, let's keep going. (laughs) He said, may the Lord smile on you. May the Lord smile on, you, smile on you. His smile addresses the issue of inferiority. You remember what inferiority was? It was thinking that everyone else was better than you, everyone else was uh, uh, you know, smarter, or you don't matter, you have no significance, you don't even know why you're here. That was inferiority. And this blessing a- addresses that. God says, I'm looking down on you and I'm smiling. Remember that this second one, if you go back to the um, prayer for me, if you would, right here. So the first one, may the Lord bless you and protect you, that was the role of the Father. He's looking to bless you, and he wants to watch over you and protect you. The second one talks about the role of, of Christ, of Jesus the Son. And so what, what are you talking about, Pastor? And it says, may the Lord smile on you. Watch, you'll, you're going to see the work here. A, the, the picture is... If you can imagine, um, how many of you have, have kids in the room? How many you have kids? Okay, a lot of you. Do you remember when the first time you, they, they brought you the baby and you held it and you looked down on it and you were smiling? Maybe you were crying. Uh, maybe you were having a panic attack like me. I don't know. <laughs> but you were looking down and you were so proud and you were smiling at this baby. Had this baby done anything to deserve your smile? He just was born. That was all. He hadn't accomplished anything. He hadn't done anything. He, he, hadn't, he hadn't won a spelling contest. He hadn't won a baseball game. He hadn't said, "Da,da," yet, I mean, none of it. He's just a baby. He's probably sleeping at this moment. When God looks down at you and He smiles on you, it's not because you're perfect. It's not because you've never made a mistake. It's not because you've never made it messed up. It's not because of anything you've done, whether good or bad. May the Lord look down and smile on you because of who you are. Who are you? Well, here's what John tells us in in John chapter 1. He being Jesus, remember this is the work of Jesus. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came into his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. So through the work of Jesus, all you have to do is believe and accept him, and you have the right to be a child of God. So when he's looking down on you and he's smiling on you, it's not because you've done anything. It's just because you are a child of God and you have the right to be that. If you believed on him and you've accepted on him, you get to look up and say, Lord, smile on me. Exactly like, I want you to put this in perspective now. When when God spoke out of the heavens over Jesus and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, that's what he wants to say over your life. This is my beloved son. This is my beloved daughter. And I'm smiling over you right now. Again, we go back to this issue that God's not upset with you and he's not mad at you and he's not trying to punish you. God's not looking away from you, but he's looking down on you and he's smiling. How are you approaching God? Are you approaching God thinking he's upset? I'm afraid to go, Pastor Random, because I've done all this stuff wrong. And when I get there, he's going to know it. Sure he is. But he really just wants to smile on you. That's what he wants to do. You're not inferior. I I love what the Living Bible says on this verse. The Living Bible says it like this. May the Lord's face radiate with joy because of you. Radiate with joy because of you. When you leave this place, I want you to know this in your heart that God's face is radiating with joy because of you. Not because of your neighbor, because of you. He's smiling on you. Can I get an amen this morning? Amen. You're, you're significant. You're a member of his family, you're a member of his kingdom. You matter to God, you matter to this church, you matter to the kingdom of God. You are significant, you're not inferior, you're a child of God. Number four, may the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. Again, this is the work of Jesus. Because of Jesus, no matter what we've done, Grace is more than sufficient in your life. You see, we we get caught up in this because we think we have to earn salvation, we have to earn the right for God to love us, and we we don't. Jesus already covered all that. And 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 when He shed His blood, there was enough grace to cover everything. It's always sufficient for you. Here's the thing. Grace is not... um, Here's what grace is. Grace is giving you what you don't deserve. So the fact that you recognize I don't deserve this doesn't disqualify you. It just helps you to know because of the grace of God, I get to receive it anyway. So when the enemy comes into your life, because he will. And he says, you don't deserve that. You, you don't get this blessing. You can't receive this. You can't receive that. Uh, you, you can't uh, serve. You can't be a part. You can't witness to that person. You can't do this for the kingdom of God. You can't do any of that. You say, you know what? You're right, but the grace of God says I can. I don't deserve it, but the grace of God says I do. It's the grace of God at work in our lives, Here's what Titus said in chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to a few people. All people. That means you. The grace of God has already been revealed. All you have to do is receive. He goes on to say, because of his grace, he declared us righteous and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. You don't have to leave this place unsure if you're going to go to heaven. You don't have to leave this place wondering, worried, questioning. You can leave this place knowing and confident that I'm going to inherit eternal life. Not because of me, but because of the grace of God. So when he said he wants to be gracious to you, that's exactly what he's already released on your life. You just have to receive it. We don't deserve eternal life. We don't deserve righteousness, but he gave it anyway. This, th- his grace addresses the issue of guilt and shame. Guilt and shame. I've done this, and I'm shameful, Pastor Ryan, and you don't understand. I, I don't have to understand. I understand grace. Well, you don't get it. I'm, I'm so guilty. I don't have to get it. I understand the grace of God. The grace of God breaks down guilt and shame that wants to enslave you. It wants to imprison you. And it wants to keep you from God. But nothing shall separate you from the love of God. He's coming towards you. And I don't know if you're here today and you've made major mistakes. Uh, and and you're struggling with guilt and shame in your life. Maybe it's old stuff. Maybe it's new stuff. But I want to speak this word over you today, that guilt and shame and the chains that try to hold you would be broken off before you leave this church today. All right, let's keep going. Excuse me. May the Lord show you his favor. Now, this is a fun one right here. May the Lord show you his favor. His favor addresses the issue of resentment. W- what do you mean by that, Pastor? And how does what is how does favor and resentment go together? So thank you. The picture here, again, is of a of a, a child and a father. So so in the Hebrew, they were, they were trying to, God was trying to describe something that we see in everyday life. So I want you to go back to when you had a child again. Maybe the child is six months old, eight months old, a year old, whatever it was. The child gets upset because his, his mama won't give him any more Cheerios, right? Uh, or someone took his toy or something, and he's, and he's upset because of something that happened that didn't go his way. And so you reach down and you lift him up and you raise him up over your head maybe you throw him a couple of times so he you know gets good and shook up. <laughs> but as you lift him in the air, your attention is focused totally on him and it has a way of turning his attention on you. So Instead of worrying about everything else that is going on in the room, you show him favor by lifting him or her up, and your focus is on them, and suddenly they're not worried about why they were upset anymore because they're looking right down into the eyes of their father or of their mother. Do you see, y'all know what I'm talking about? And so this is what God wants to do. He says, I know that people have done you wrong. I know that people have messed you up, but I want to show you favor, and I want to lift you up, and I want to give you my complete and undivided attention. I want to focus on you, and you focus on me. How do you deal with resentment towards other what other people have done? You receive the favor of God, the attention of God, the love of God, the focus of God. He wants to focus on you. Well, they did me wrong. Yes, but God will never do you wrong. Yes, well, they, they lie about you yes but I'm only speaking the truth over you that you are blessed and highly favored but they did this to me and they did that to me I I know but just focus on me for a second and receive my favor favor addresses his favor addresses the issue of resentment watch what he says in Psalm 31 verse 11 through 16 I am scorned by all my enemies and despised by my neighbors. Even my friends are afraid to come near me. When they see me on the street, they run the other way. I am ignored as if I were dead, as if I were a broken pot. You know that pot that gets stuck in the back of the cabinet that you really need to throw away, but you don't even have enough energy to throw it away? That's what he's saying, I feel like. I feel like no one cares about me. Do you feel the resentment in his heart? My friends are running from me. I have heard the many rumors about me, and I am surrounded by terror. My enemies conspire against me, plotting to take my life. But I'm trusting you, O Lord, saying you are my God. My future is in your hands rescue me from those who hunt me down relentlessly and watch this verse let your favor shine on your servant and your unfailing love rescue me that's what the favor of God does it gets us distracted from what everybody else has done to us how they've done us wrong our friends are running from us they're lying on us they're cheating on us and, and our enemies are trying to get they're, they're out for blood they're trying to get your job and they're trying to get your kids and everything else in your life and and, and there's lies and all this stuff is going on and 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 the psalmist said, you know what I realized? I just got to focus on God and his favor is rescuing me from all of that. (laughs) May the favor of the Lord be upon you. If you are battling with people in your life right now, battling with what they've done to you, battling with what they've said over you, I want you to understand that God is looking down right now and he's saying, will you get your attention on me if you because my attention is on you, my favor is on you if you'll let the Holy Spirit begin to work in you." you. Do you know, do you understand that the Holy Spirit is God in you all the time everywhere you go? So how can God have his total attention on you all the time? Because he put it in you. And he said the Holy Spirit. So when, you, when people are lying about you and, 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 and saying all those things they're saying and doing all those things they're doing, understand that the Holy Spirit is at work in your life. He's already working. And then here's the last one. And give you his peace. I love that. His peace my peace is faulty my peace tends to run out my peace can handle things to a certain extent and then i'm like that's it i'm losing my mind right but his peace is more than enough for you his peace is more than enough for every situation you see his peace addresses the issue of anxiety I don't know if you're in this room today and you deal with anxiety, with stress, with worry, but I know it's common all throughout our country. We're we're prescribing anxiety pills like they're candy. Now, listen, if you need them, take them. While understanding that God's prescription was, I want to give you my peace. That's what God wants to do for you. He wants to give you his peace. Because his peace is not based off the circumstances of your life. His peace is not based off the stress and the worries. His peace is based off of what's going on in him. And he the, the word here is shalom. How many of you have ever heard that word shalom? But it doesn't just mean the absence of hostility. It means wholeness or completeness, or, or the, the complete goodness of God in your life. So his peace is more than enough. Hey, there you are. Uh, his peace is not just, but well, there's a storm, so he calmed the storm. Sometimes that's the way his peace works. But it's bigger than that. And he said, I want to give you wholeness in your life. I want to give you an anchor to hold on to. Watch what Paul says in the book, book of Philippians. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace. Now I want you to note here. Did he say he was going to answer your prayer? You want to go back a verse to see it? I read it to you. Go back one verse. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Does it say, and he's going to answer your prayer and he's going to calm the storm? No, he might do that, but whether he calms the storm, answers your prayer or not, here's what he promises you. Verse 7, you will experience God's peace, his wholeness, his completeness, his goodness, which exceeds anything we can understand. There might be a storm you need to go through in your life, and if he were to calm the storm, you wouldn't get what you needed out of the storm. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I love how the Message Bible says it because it says exactly what the word shalom means. He said, before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. If you're dealing with anxiety in your life, Let the Holy Spirit be your comforter. One of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, and peace. And this is what God wants to speak over you today. The Father blesses and protects His children. The Son makes God's face to shine on us, and it brings us grace. Then the Holy Spirit communicates God's attention to us, and it gives us peace. And I want to close here. I'm wrapping down. Numbers chapter 6, verse 27 whenever Aaron and his sons bless the people of Israel in my name, the English Standard Version says it like this, so shall they put my name on the sons of Israel. You've got to get this picture. There's a lot of blessings that the priests would just speak over the people. Whatever came to their mind, whatever came to their heart, whatever God maybe spoke to them in that moment, but this was a specific blessing. And God said to the priest, I want you to write it down. I don't want you to get it wrong because this is my blessing over the people. This is not you blessing the people. This is me blessing the people. And when you do this, I'm going to put my name on them. And when God puts his name on you, it declares that that you are identified with him. It, it's identity with who he is and all he ha, and all his nature. in the Hebrew culture, placing your name on someone else, established their presence. so when God puts His name on you, it means that his presence is with you. And then he said, "I myself will bless them. I myself will bless them." God said, here, here's what God's saying. Hey, Aaron, and your sons, and Moses, I don't want you to play the telephone game between me and the people and get it all mixed up. Y'all remember playing that game where you'd start on this end and they'd have it, it would be totally wrong by the time it got there. God said, I don't want you to get it wrong because I need you to understand. I, I want to bless my people. I, I want to deal with soul diseases and I want them to know what I think about them, who they are, and what I want to do in their lives. And so I'm making a shift today, and as we bless you, this this blessing was given as a benediction or after the sacrifices. Why? Because God said, I want to put a blessing on you that when you go out into the world, everyone knows that you're mine. You function differently, you talk differently, you act differently, you walk differently. You're not the same as everyone else because you are mine and my name is on you. So as we close our services, we're gonna put this verse on the screen and whoever, whichever one of our pastors is closing, they're gonna pray this prayer over your life. They're gonna speak this blessing and it's not about a pastor blessing you. It's about we're just a conduit for God who created the heavens and the earth to speak down into your life. And so I want you just to receive and at the end when we've said the, the, the blessing and you'll say, please, and to you also so you bless me as well. Will you do that? I want to pray over you today and and I want to ask this one simple question because this whole blessing was given to the people of God. But I I want you to close your eyes and bow your head with me for just a moment and let me ask you this question. If it's only for his people and all you have to do is believe and accept Jesus, have you believed And have you accepted Jesus? Or have you gotten caught up in what other people are saying and other people are doing? And Do you need to get right with God today? Maybe you're watching online. You need to get right with God today. It's very simple. I want to lead you through a very simple prayer. You can believe in Jesus and you can accept Him as Lord. And you can receive this incredible blessing that God wants for you. If you want to pray that prayer with me and get a fresh start today, would you just slip up your hand? There's hands going up all over. If you're watching online, I want you to raise your hand. And and Why? Because it's a sign to God. God, I'm making a declaration today. All right, you can put your hands down. I'm going to ask everybody in here and everybody watching online to pray this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you're the Son of God. That you died on a cross and you rose again. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as Lord and Savior of my life. I want you to be my God. In Jesus' name, amen.